Hello everyone and welcome to the Dive For Your podcast. I have taken Dracos' seat as captain uh, of the ship. I uh, no, you are captain of the ship. No, but Dracos is the captain that opens up, and then you're the captain of the ship, and I've taken both jobs. <laughs> You've taken both jobs, one of the seats, you're fully so protected. So Kofi can just leave? <laughs> yeah, I'm the captain now. Get off the ship, Kofi, get off the ship! <laughs> We're one crewmate down. No, come back, come back, come back. Uh, the podcast is available on... Spotify, YouTube, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, and Anchor. There we go. Okay, he had it all on his screen, so I knew exactly what to say. No, what to say. I didn't read it at no, all. It's in my brain. Oh, it's in your brain? Yeah. Oh no. my God, he just knows. <laughs> Dude, Worlds was hella exciting. Yeah. Everyone was saying that this was the most hype Nice use of ever. hella, by the way. That's hella? not a... Well, I'm doing my two, my two a, NA yeah, casters yeah, now, yeah. so I gotta get You're just a good old there. Cali boy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What is the other words? It's like some some NA words. What is it like? That's all you need. That's You're, it? You're good. Okay, cool. Now you're NorCal. There's NorCal? A difference between is that a thing? SoCal and, and NorCal. Oh, yeah. 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 SoCal and NorCal. Hell is a good word, though. <clears throat> it is. But yeah, it was, it was a banger, man. Like, there was... Honestly, the groups ended up being way more exciting than expected. We actually got pretty lucky, I think, on a number of days to make the final day really exciting when it mm. could have been boring. I mean, you know, you look at Group A. If if Group A had FBX just slamming, that group would have been a snooze fest. If Fnatic fly, didn't, didn't win, if Fnatic fly home, if Fnatic didn't win against RNG to start their day, their day would have been really boring. Um, you know, Group D first ever all th all three three tie, you know, four way tie. Yeah. All the groups ended up being actually really damn exciting let's start with group a then because i on my it's the pick first letter of the alphabet yeah exactly but i on my pickums had uh what did i have i had that one first fpx for second what did you have in your pick i had cloud nine out did Woo! you have a second Woo! yep did you, have, had... did you have cloud nine out as well <laughs> no oh my god non-believer <laughs> non-believer alert well see here's the thing it's like you have to decide do you want to do the for fun pickums you know mm -hmm. where you just put your region through or do you want to do the I, ones that you actually believe? i didn't think it was for fun though when we were when i don't on believe the first you podcast yeah 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 did yeah. you say on the first podcast? Yeah, yeah I remember I, you said that you it. actually predicted C9 them. to get yeah, out. Yeah. Oh, damn, Kobe, Kobe. But C9 smashed their way through the tiebreakers. FPX, 0-4 yeah. on the day. What do we think? I mean, we own the LPL. That's what I think. Is that it? <laughs> yeah, LCS is, is definitively better than the LPL. Is my real takeaway here. Yeah. Uh, FPX, absolutely. LPL killers. The, I think that, the crazy I think thing that to me about the... FPX is everyone's tier lists for like uh, best player in the world had Doinby. Yeah. And no no fault to Doinby, but like after that tournament, top five, uh, after the, yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah. I mean, it, it's one of those things. I, I think it was the biggest collapse we've ever seen at Worlds, like pre-term pre expectations to result. This is, this is like the biggest differential ever, right? Some people talk about EDG in the past and some mm. of their flops, but I think this is is so monumental of a collapse. True. You know, to go 0-4 second week as a team that a lot of people had as a pick to win Worlds. This is a number of people's favorite to win the entire thing. A lot of people thought that they were going to beat out Dom 1 in the groups. And it's just so crazy to see how much worse they played than they did in the LPL. Because like I watched a decent bit of LPL regular season and it just seemed like you're watching two different teams. Like do do and be it's you would be hard pressed to find uh, like a six games over the in course of the entire year that he played as bad as as the six games of this and it wasn't just like that he was playing horrible or anything but he was amazing mm. in LPL summer he's just like hard smurfing every game and the team as a whole just looked very pedestrian well I mean I think the uh, big difference was especially a lot of teams expecting all these you know classic mid lane roams from him and countering all of them. You yeah. know, so, so many of the plays were either pressured on mid first, and so he didn't get as much time as usual, or when like the Galio went up to the top side, 
people immediately go up there mm. and they counter it, right? So yeah. Also, I saw something. Um, people were telling me that on the Chinese forums there was a big problem with Tian at Worlds, mainly because he wasn't even supposed to play because he's really injured. He's got like a really bad body state. His wrists aren't in a great shape. So Tian wasn't healthy enough to play the tournament, but he had to. So I kind of feel bad for FPX. So I'll give Tian the benefit of the doubt, who I think was underperforming heavily yeah. in the finals. And at Worlds, I think he was really out of it. Um, Nuggery as well looked completely out of it. Um, he was playing these top laners, getting... His team was never really coming top as much as they should have, especially on the champions he was mm -hmm. playing. And then he just fell so far behind. He, Apart from that one game against Rogue, I think it was, he was playing Jace. He also, uh, for Tien, uh, I remember after, after, the, after the Worlds that they won, he had a lot of um, nerve issues. Um, yeah. And he, had, he really had a hard time with all the pressure, too. So those two things combined with, you know, being at Worlds again, I can definitely see it. It, it also just felt like they had kind of a, a bad read on the meta bit. I mean, I, I still feel like G4 is such a bait pick. And that was that was three of their six games was Jarvan Jungle. It never really felt like it was panning out for a lot of these teams. Uh, there was some weird build stuff going on, like the Abyssal Mask Malzahar game was super questionable for me. Uh, there, there was so, definitely there. there the, we had some 40 percent crit IE builds. We had some. Oh, those yeah. those are ridiculous. Yeah, <laughs> uh, and that was that was a lot of LCK AD yep. carries. Yep. Uh, so that's not even LPL uh, blame. Mm. But the Jarvan one, I always thought was interesting because everyone just want, uh, starts flaming Jarvan as a champion overall. It's actually in a, the champion is in a very good spot. Also has an extremely high win rate in solo queue in in high rated ELO. But ELO, 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 ELO. I've never heard anyone say like ELO. No. Exactly. Well. Elo, you're supposed to. You're technically supposed to say Elo because okay. it's a guy's name. It's his last name. Uh, the one who invented the system. Really? Yes. What? His last name was Elo. Mm -hmm. It's like a gif gif thing again. But <laughs> everybody, but everybody usually says e Elo. Elo. Yeah. Everyone just um, says Elo. Yeah. Oh, actually, so it's it's it's. I, I'm not. My accent's not good for pronouncing his name, but his name sounds like. Elo, Elo, or something, oh. something like that, but it's not an acronym. It's actually his name. Oh, so I didn't that, know that. That's the whole difference. But most Thanks people for teaching me. <laughs> Today I learned. That's oh, crazy. What was I talking about? <laughs> what were you talking about? You were, you were talking, talking about, about J4's um, high win rate. Yeah, high win rate. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Anyways, it comes down to pretty simple. Like a lot of the J4 picks were also picked into carries. Like, it, oh wow, they have an Ezreal and some mobile yep. mid lane carry. Mm. And you're like, hmm, we're picking J4. Yeah, or you're not even picking J4 with like Galio or Rumble or something like that. Some of them were. Deep did have synergies for the champion but mm. if you're picking it without synergies then it's going to lose a lot of that power that you expect it to have i also think just it's part of the problem was also picking it with losing lanes right mm. because it, it's it's farms more slowly than some of the other meta junglers it doesn't seem like it scales as well as some of these other junglers as well so if you're not getting stuff done early to me it didn't really have as much value and yeah. in a number of the games people are picking j4 with losing lanes and their mid gets pushed in the jungle's invading and warding them out you know where jarvan is everywhere mm. and then the team just backs off on that side of the map and like zinzao or whoever else is, is the opponent is farming fast and seems to have more value in the later stages of the game. Yeah, and his EQ, if EQ is so much more dodgeable than many of the other junglers' abilities yeah. and so many of these fights, then you're mm -hmm. just a Jarvan there, whacking him with your spear, yeah. like, okay, your passive does one hit of damage, and then you're just an auto-attacker. Yeah, Jarvan's 1v1 is pretty poor, especially into champs like Lee and you kind of lose. And I remember yeah. the old-school Jarvan meta was, it was picked into, like, Sejuani and stuff like this, and Olaf, and what you would do is do, like, buff into buff on their side and split the map all the time, yeah. but no one really did that because it's, like, a full clear meta into Crab, right? And if you do that, and you can cross map with prios or whatever so it was a weird champion but then fpx started defaulting to viego which was tn's yep. like most played champ of the year i think he had like an 80 80 90 win rate on that champ after mm -hmm. 14 15 games 
so they quickly realized the problem that FPX had was oh there goes your headphones i think the problem that fpx actually had was the transition time from their first round robin to the second round robin because if you have a bad read and you have one day break to fix it before you're playing again that really hurts you whereas a team like mad Lions, right they had four days to scrim watch yeah. everyone play meta champs on stage and then like come to a decision um so maybe if fpx had more time then they might have been able to turn it around but again they're in the same boat as everyone else yeah. in that group um but them particularly with the bad meta read could have helped them but with the health issues and things like this um that team didn't look like the FPX we expected. Worlds is competitive, okay? Yep. You have to be at your top shape. Yeah, everybody's dealing with all these different factors and all these different, you know, excuses and all the, you know, the Western teams keep talking about how much they have to catch up and then get as much scrim time as they want or visas this or this or that. Um, but it just goes to show you you have so few games in group stage at Worlds. You have to perform under pressure. You have to perform mm -hmm. in a timely manner. And uh, they s just didn't. And on the other end of the, the spectrum was Meanwhile, Dom Cloud9 did. I thought you were going to. No. No, I mean, <laughs> ready for the Cloud9 transition. But... I love how you were with the Paro the whole time. Well, like, <laughs> Cloud9. Uh, well, I, I, also, I also realized that um, on the podcast, I don't think. I don't think I did put Cloud9 out until the pickums, and I came to my senses later when I put oh, my pickums. Yeah. <laughs> See, I, you I told dose? you. He yeah. just did the, the NA hopium pickums. It's a fraudulent prediction. <laughs> it's, not, <laughs> it's not fraudulent. <laughs> it, it is hopium, but it's not fraudulent. Well, also, TL was so close to getting out. That was so. Uh, we're going to have yeah, to. You're oh, jumping I... too far ahead here, Kobe. We're talking Group A. <laughs> Don want to oh, I want to talk about them a bit because they did not disappoint whatsoever, right? Everyone yeah. thought it was going to be FEX and Don Juan, two of the tournament favorites, and as as favorites kind of started like falling down throughout throughout the weeks, it was Don Juan that was just looking stronger and stronger by comparison. Mm, old reliable like, over here. Yeah, I mean they six zero the group. They absolutely slammed FEX when they played them. They looked very dominant really across the board. Um, you know they had a, a close-ish game here or there. You know Cloud Nine had one really long one against them, but it never really felt like they were in danger of losing. Mm. Um, and and I felt like as FPX started playing worse, as you know, EDG had had a rougher group. Like a lot of the tournament favorites, people started to go, "Oh, is Damwon just the best?" If I play devil's advocate here and ask, actually pose you a question uh, of saying, "Okay, Damwon went six zero. FPX yep. was very weak, we'll say, because Rogue and C nine were kind of not bodying them, but they were beating them, right? And then Rogue and C nine were duking it out." Would you assume Damwon is looking stronger than people might expect because of the strength of their group at the end of Worlds versus the start of Worlds? And if we put Damwon up against a team like uh, T1 or EDG with uh, maybe a harder-ish group or, or Mad Lions or RNG, do you think they would struggle at all or will they just be as dominant as they were? I mean, I think that they might struggle a bit more, especially if you are if you have like EDG in their group or, or something and mm. EDG is playing better. Because yeah, I do think FBX collapse, but I still think that they come come away looking at the best. And it's it's really hard for me to rank like a T1 or whatever above Damwon just because Damwon has just destroyed the LCK for the last for the last three splits like mm -hmm. so hard um, that it really feels difficult. You know, even watching you know good form from T1 to like believe that T1 could beat Damwon, it just feels. Yeah, I don't I don't think so at all. Yeah, um, because you know, yeah, FPX did did collapse, but they were they were getting hard outplayed on on a lot of these plays. So I think Damwon deserves their ranking yeah. at number mm -hmm. one. Agreed. And the the other thing that's interesting to me is from from what I had heard. FPX was super slamming everyone in scrims. Uh -huh. So I like it wasn't as though they came into this and just were like absolute shit team and then tanked out in groups as everyone expected, even while the scrims were going on. And after week one, they actually did all right. Week one, they only lost to Dom one. 
people were telling me, yeah, yeah, FPX is insane. They just slam you and scream every single time. They just will blast you. So yes, like Tien, Tien is having health issues. I'm sure that was a factor. Um, but to me, it absolutely just felt like an, an underperformance and it felt like, uh, you know, Cloud9 and Rogue, I think kind of like rose rose to the occasion on that final day and played some really, really good games yep. because those are two teams, like both Cloud9 and Rogue, I think are, are somewhat inconsistent, but their highs are incredibly high. And it did feel like they were able to kind of hit some high highs and, and take down a team that was a tournament favorite. This is why I think too many people are taking away from the teams that beat FPX yeah. by saying, oh yeah, they these are the worst games they've you know played all year. Uh, I think a lot of them were forced errors. You know? Yeah, definitely. And then the Rogue versus C9 tiebreaker, which went on for so long that game. C9 coming out on top. I was sweating. I think everyone was sweating in the West. It was kind of neck and neck, though. Um, I just think that uh, C9 had so much more playmaking. You could see, even though they made mistakes, Rogue could never really find anything on the map despite getting the yeah. kills. And then C9 eventually took the game. Perks having his happy little accidents, but then <laughs> soloing the game kind of when I think it was like the most important dragon spawn. I can't remember if it was Elder or the Soul. Then he, just, he just one-shot Soto Amne. The, the LeBlanc are back to feed Inspired. Yeah. I remember he said on Twitter he was trying to control yeah. the clone to, to trigger Inspired. We, we were talking about it and I was like, yeah, yeah, the, um, you don't control your, your clone with R, R anymore. Because you even still thought that it was it was yeah. with R. Yeah, I thought it was like, like oh, no, Because like, I, I don't play LeBlanc. I yeah. thought you still And just... I was like, that's what Perks did. Yeah. He hit R. Yeah, no, the old LeBlanc it. was R, right? Yeah, because you, you would R. use it on yeah. purpose. You would actually just press the button. But then um, I think the way you control it now is like Alt, right? you can move around with yeah it. um i mean you can change the key with, binding but uh yeah, yeah. i have control same thing it. is with daisy as well you can like ult and then press r to move yeah. him around yeah. but perks did it twice there was one where he went over the wall and then went back and died and the second one was when he went forwards yeah. in mid and then there was the there was more than two there was there was a number <laughs> there was the bot the bot lane tier two one as well where he walked past the turret started hitting them and then distorted forward into their own Perks, then he it, also tickets. wins them the game, though. He played then he also wins yeah. them the game, okay? Yeah. And it, it was an amazing game. It's just really funny because it was just like... He did 40-something percent of the team's damage. It was absolute smurf performance. He absolutely was the biggest reason that they won that game. He played incredible. Yeah. But also, if if you hadn't seen the game and someone clipped out like the four worst moments from Perks, you would be like... He's a secret agent. Yeah, people were literally spamming like, he was at you the whole time. He never left us, you know? Like, he, he had some of the worst plays of the whole event in that game, hmm. but he also carried that game. I think it's, it would be really easy to clip out um, especially the return to clone spot one and have a <laughs> have a pop-up you know if it's a youtube video you have a pop-up of like ring 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 you know and you see like yeah. a bank account flash yeah. up or something yeah. and then he immediately takes it back it's like check paypal oh <laughs> oh, oh oopsies i was trying to control the clone no but i think this was like this group was a huge achievement for the west i would say like rogan c9 having to duke out for a second seed in that yeah. group it was the group everyone, of death the group of death they made it out and one of the west teams made it out that was i think that was a huge achievement yeah, it, it's really exciting for NA. I mean, it's interesting. You know, a lot of people are obviously crediting perks, but I do think that um, in the second round, Robin Blabber had had an incredible Fudge set of well. games. Fudge had had a good set of games. I think that Cloud9 did step up as a team, which was important. And and for me, it just really felt very meaningful that Blabber had had a good set of games because I do feel like everyone has just been absolutely shitting on him because mm -hmm. you know the whole all, all the crab stuff at MSI and really kind of looking at him as like a trash jungler internationally. And yes, he he does have some really bad moments. He had I'm a not few gonna, happy 
subtle accents as well, didn't he? Even in this, even in this one, in the first round robin, when he brings Yumi in against the TF, they invade those. the red buff, the top dive as well. <laughs> there is, there are some silly ones, but if that you... Lilia game, he hard carried yeah, that he game. Yeah, he did. He did. And and let me finish, Kobe. Um, and it, it's I'm not <laughs> back off. It, it's just... every time I try and move a finger, it's like sit. Well, you start talking. It's uh, it, it's just one of those things where it felt like people actually got to see what we see in NA, right? Because he yeah. he is one of the most talented North American players we've seen in a lot of years. He has won, you know, MVPs. He has absolutely dominated. And he's in a group with two world champions and the LEC MVP. And he had a, a hell of a day. Hmm. And I, I just thought it was was really important for, for like his career growth and for his confidence. Um, because I do think if you are constantly just kind of like beat down internationally, uh, it, it does affect you mentally. Hmm. And the last thing I want to say on this group, something funny I saw yesterday. So Damon do these vlogs every like week for like their behind the scenes stuff, right? And they went to the shoot behind the scenes where Riot takes all the hero shots and they were with FPX Damon, right? So this is before the group stage started and Khan and Nuguri were right next to each other. And Riot was filming like Nuguri standing in the middle and Damon like circling him with Khan on, you know to make some kind of like <laughs> drama the camera cuts there the vlog's still going you know what they do khan lies on the floor and he's like got his belly sticking out and barrel and stuff's rubbing it nuggery comes along and just starts rubbing his belly saying you have such a nice belly you expect there to be some drama between the two you know from swapping each other's teams yeah, yeah, but yeah. no they're just rubbing each other's bellies and having a good time <laughs> so behind the just scenes a couple of bros yeah rubbing they're some just bellies. bros behind the scenes so yeah that was really funny to watch i um, always rub the homies bellies yeah. for good luck for good luck yeah. for good luck but then going on to group b NA had almost like a bittersweet group there, I think, with 100 Thieves getting knocked out early, but then beating yeah, yeah. EDG, which I think was a really huge achievement for them. It, it yeah. re-emphasizes um, one of the, the points that we always bring up is the confidence, playing with confidence on the world stage versus these mm -hmm. best team in the world. Yeah. Uh, so we do have an interview, though. Yeah, yep. exactly. Before we jump in, uh, we have an interview here with Sven. Thank you, Lore, for that. And the interview was done during the last day before Team Liquid was actually eliminated. Sven, thank you for joining me after the group stage of Worlds 2021. Um, how has it been since uh, since the second round, Robin? Uh, any take on your success on the last day? Um, it was kind of a rollercoaster of emotions of a day because 2 and 4 isn't actually good enough to make it out of groups unless the stars align and FPX went 0-4 and they did. So it was, uh, it was a wild day. I got, not going to lie, I didn't think it was going to happen when we... Uh, Dumb one. I was very happy that we still have a tiebreaker to play. It was it was a crazy day. I thought that we would not make it out of this group after the first three games. Yeah, there's been a lot of discussion around the LPL, especially on their failure in the second group uh, in the second week. Um, how do you explain that when it comes to the read of the meta? Because it feels like the LCK is doing much better. In NA, you're also doing very good, uh, regardless of the fact that 100 Thieves didn't make it out. Uh, the fact that they were able to take down EDG, I think, say, says a lot. So far, TL is also doing good. The LEC, not so much. Who has the best read on the meta right now, according to you? Hmm. I actually think that the meta read is fairly even overall. I think that everyone plays the same champions. I think it's just the play has been much better from LCK. They just play better. Down one mostly. I think the other teams aren't looking amazing. T1 looks good as well, but I think just down one looks like they're a level, beyond, a level ahead of everyone else. So I think we have a good meta read, and so does most of the other teams in groups. I think that there's not been too many games that have been lost in draft. Even now, I thought Mad Lions had a bad draft against TL, but they still won the game. So I think it's it's clear sign that meta read isn't as important as the actual play, and Mad Lions played better, so they won. So I think. Damon is just playing better than anyone else. 
All right. Yeah. Well, we'll discuss the favorites of the tournament later. But uh, more about the meta read and everything. We saw a huge diversity of champions. I want to say uh, thus far at Worlds. Would you say that there's an optimal way to play and draft, or can you rely on comfort and just do do it with your style? I mean, I don't think there is some sort of you know meta like there's not that many bottom champs right now. This it feels like it's Eric it's Aphelios versus MF versus Lucian. That's like the three champs that play the Arizona game in Balin right now. Um, there's Yumi for supports. Nami's played with Lucian every game it can be. You know, Bryce LeBlanc, TF, etc. is played a lot. But I do think there's also a lot of room for comfort picks. Like Viego's coming back now for some of the teams. Uh, Graves top is being played. And everyone plays, you know, the meta. Plus, you know, some people play Draven. Some people play, like, I don't know, Viego Jungle. And I think there's room for comfort as well. And I think that this meta is very flexible. But there's still some champions that are just better than others. That's why we see TF and Yumi every game and they're open, right? So. Yeah, well, when you look at the bands, especially right now, it's uh, Irelia, TF, Lucian, a lot of Yumi yeah. also. But the champion came back in the recent drafts. Uh, we saw that at the beginning of group stage, teams were picking Nautilus into Yumi as an answer. Then the champion disappeared, then it came back again with a Lulu against it. What's your take on Yumi, how strong it is, especially when you're playing from the red side? Because it feels like it's a must ban unless you're going to have an answer for it. And how strong are the answers we had so far? I think RNG did a Yumi TF trade where they picked TF on red side into the Yumi first pick, and then they create like a winning ball lane because they're counting into Yumi. Then they have TF mid, and then they have a top lane or the last picks on red side. So they have two winning side lanes, and TF who can roam. So they try to make the game very fast-paced and accelerated. And RNG actually, I can't remember who won. I think they won that game, the PSG game. Did they actually win that game? They're playing against Yumi, but I think that that strategy can work where you win early game super hard and you have a huge goal lead, and then they had a soul condition at 23 minutes. They lost the soul team fight, but that kind of comp can work, and we've seen that before. I think Howlife did the same thing as well, where they played the, the Draven Pike balling against Yumi, and they tried to make the game very snowbally. But I think it's just a much harder concept to execute than to just play Yumi and just farm for the game, and then you put Yumi on on Gwen or LeBlanc or Irelia or. Talon or Lee Sin, some sort of fed bruiser champ that just carries the whole game for you. So I think the thing with Yumi is that it's too hard to win against it compared to how easy it is to play. That's why I think a lot of teams disband Yumi on that side. Yeah, I think it, 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 I'd rather have the champion absent from the draft than, yeah, it's it's such a stupid champion, if you ask me. Last question for you, Sven. Um, you're, we're waiting for the group D to be decided, but we know that so far you may face either T1 or RNG. Uh, any yeah. thoughts on these teams? And yeah, what have you? What did you think of this team from what the games they've played? I actually thought we would face EDG instead of T1 in that group. I thought EDG looked better until last day. But I think T1 is looking very methodical, very clean, as they almost always are. I hope that we're drawing a team from the Group D. I hope that we draw, you know, whoever wins, LNG, Genji, Mad, TLA. I don't even know who wins this group at this point, but I hope whoever we draw is from that group. Um, otherwise, I would rather have RNG than T1. I think T1 looks like the best team you could face. I think Damwon from groups is the by far best team. Um, so far, but I just hope we don't draw T1. And then I don't care if it's RNG or Group D, but I have a preference for Group D. I think that it will be fun playing against either Mad Lions or TL if they get first place somehow, but I think it's going to be Gen G, I guess. Okay, well, thank you very much, Sven, and good luck on quarterfinals. Thank you.
Thank you, Laura, very much for the interview. Thank you, Sven, as well. And it's, it's interesting to hear his thoughts on the meta. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, I think that there's different ways you can approach it depending on your team. I think the, we were having a discussion on the desk, I believe, where it's like you can try and play, play the meta, but if you're playing the meta worse, at, a, at a poor state and you're playing comfort at a good state, it's better to play comfort at a good state because you'll always just find more success, I think. Yeah, I think that's always true you know, for, for every meta. Yeah, absolutely. And it is worth shouting out also in that group, uh, Hansama had an incredible run for Rogue. Like, he was outstanding, Dude. I think. And the sole reason in some of those games that they were winning. This guy almost solo carried so many games, especially on MF. Like his side lanes are losing. What does he do? He just like bases, runs to top, ganks top, kills him, takes top tower for his side laner, bases, runs mid, catches the wave. Like this guy was <laughs> in his team fights was great and lane was great as well. But like the, the plays he was making around the map to slow the game down for his team were just great. We uh, I had a, like a highlight package put together of him of just that one day. If you remember bottom lane where he's got Jin ult from this side against the big rock wall yeah, yeah, and then Jace on the other side yeah. and he's dodging the Jin ults and the shock flash <laughs> at the same time and then he flashes the long part of the wall yeah. which uh, some people mess up as well gets yeah. the right position and walks away from it, yeah, I think it with them actually He was waiting for his him. W as well to get extra move yeah. speed to make sure he can get away from the Jace with no flash. Exactly. That, that was really funny. I was just like, but I, I will say that they griefed that from the other side because that was FTX, right? And yeah, yeah, Nori could have just pushed him into the into the gin alts, but he just stood on the other side waiting. So Hans, Hans played it perfectly, though. That was, yeah, that was yeah, pretty he, sick. I, he, I was for sure dead, by the way. He made them look like fools. He actually just made them look yeah. like fools. My man, Hans, I'm excited for him next year. All I right. think there was so many expectations about him being like one of the best ADs in Europe, and I'm glad he show, got yeah. to show it. Yeah, he, he's played really well internationally for a lot of years, you know, even back to Misfits days and stuff. Mm. Uh, Group B, T1 comes out in first, EDG second, obviously 100, 100 Thieves uh, went 3-3, and, three, and, three, and DFM winless 100 thieves did t1 a little bit of a favor there to stop any kind of like tiebreaker happening they just made sure t1 would get the first seed you saw the video where t1 sees them winning and they're like screaming behind the backstage like yeah we don't have to play a tiebreaker that was lovely to see but yeah it was like bittersweet for any i think not only are we the lpl killers but we're also the best friends of lck <laughs> it's been true for a long time like we had that all stars where it was lck and mm. na together and we yep. won the entire thing so well, we <laughs> maybe you could send them you know some presents or something for matt because they've got like they're uh, they're yeah, in the yeah. middle of like three LCK teams. So if you could, you know. Roger that. <laughs> help us out a bit. <laughs> You've got the other one in Gen G right in the quarters. So yeah, LCK. Yeah, I mean, it, it was it was a it was a pretty interesting group. I think the the biggest surprise was probably the turnaround from T1 in second week. I think they look way better um, in the second week. Uh, they look very, very clean mm. compared to the first time around. I, all, almost all the LCK teams did. I think besides that like I, I was at least happy that t1 had their final game be impressive because to me it was like the bare minimum was you have to beat dfm twice right like as as like na expectations you want to beat them twice and then you're hoping to to steal a couple of games off of you know t1 or edg and somehow sneak out of this group um, but it did feel like long odds and and their games their previous games both their games against t1 and their previous game against edg were like really disappointing to watch especially the the last day their game against uh t1 they had like, I think that was like the Malphite game and Leona and stuff. Yep. They had like all this hard engage and they just like never altered until the game was basically over. And then it was this really poor engage where the game just ended off of it. So it was so disappointing watching those games where it's like, wow, they have this great draft. They have all this hard engage. They never even try. They just do that kind of like classic play to not lose instead of playing to win. Mm -hmm. So coming off of that, I was actually just really happy that they were able to take down EDG and show, hey, okay, yes, they weren't good enough to get out of this group, but this is a team when they are playing their style, when they are playing at their best, they can at least compete. I don't know if we cut it because we did two transitions <laughs> with the interview, um, but I was talking about that 
day being just the the clearest picture of bringing up this topic that we always talk about of playing with confidence against the mm -hmm. best teams in the world you know some people have to turn off nameplates you know everybody has their own thing to try and knock it in their head about who you're playing when you're playing against literally faker, faker. and the and, and these you know you meme around it's like oh, i guess everybody's is faker like i'm just getting dough for the yeah. next you press tap oh wait yeah. it is, oh it is faker <laughs> wait <laughs> oh yeah. shit. no it's it's just so clear and fbi had a had his interview where he talked about it too with with lore talking about you know his confidence issues and um you know the pressure on stage and i i just really think with the year that hundred thieves have had this this organization has been an exceptional year for them mm -hmm. um absolutely huge and then getting this you know you feel like you do need that experience you know if the world's experience for the the pressure cooker all the meta changes so quickly the intensity of best of ones group stage every single play you make matters that type of thing is going to do a lot for them next year but man it is a. Uh, it is always a, a this feeling in the pit of your chest when you see them play with confidence and and that well versus Why EDG not earlier? after it's yeah. it's already yeah. they, eliminated. They now they, you know, I feel like they'll be stronger next year though. They needed just like that one extra push against T1. I think like just you were talking about. I think some they had kind of a poor game. I want to say because like top tower was dying and he tries to defend it, goes in, dies. Closer goes in, dies as well, and they just dropped so yeah. much gold and then mid. They just kind of let the game slip out of their hands. I will say FBI and Huhi just had a. I think they had a good tournament. I think their two v two bots, especially in lane, were were quite impressive in that group specifically against T1 EDG bot lane. If you like those ones, they've got better ones. Yeah, except for the the one game, it was like the, I think it was against T1, right? Where T1 was running double exhaust. I can't remember if it was T1 or EDG, but they were playing Lucian Nami and FBI just like insta-sprinted it before they were even level three. I think it was probably against T1 because um, I remember the EDG game he was playing MM. It was T1 because T1 had Poppy and an owner had like seen Closer on a ward. Closer's coming down. The owner gets there first. Yeah. So Trundle's pushed out and FBI just like dashed in, cleanses the first exhaust, but yeah. they were playing double exhaust. And just that. immediately dies. Mm -hmm. And he was level two or whatever. So they don't even have all the skills for Inami, which, like, generally that lane, it was against a Felios Lulu. So, like, generally you have to at least get three before you can start playing a little bit mm -hmm. more aggressive. Um, and that was one that felt like that was the only winning lane they had drafted for in that game. Mm -hmm. And that death was just like, oh, they lost. So that one was 100% vision discrepancy because the reason he forces that is the last minute tower is dying and the opponents are moving over towards Tribush where they have closer coming down. But because T1 had warded the red, they knew Closer was there. And so they they turn around the pincer. Mm. But that's the reason he dashes in there, knowing it. Because he thinks he's trying to force them into the 3v2 with the gank coming. And they weren't tracking owner. So that one, it wasn't like a mistake. Except for if you I mean, take he it even said he ran it down himself that game. Like, he was very critical of himself in it. Like, I, I do think it was a mistake playing it that aggressively when you're playing against double exhaust. If you dash in... Like point blank like that, you were gonna the, get blasted. The only, the only mistake is not not tracking owner because they know that he's on that side of the map. Mm -hmm. If you do that and it is and he's not there and it's just Trundle Gank, then then you still win. Jungle, but um, but yeah, if if you liked their play in groups already, uh, that's not that wasn't even the best for the bottom lane. Jungle rule just stops the two v two from happening. But um, I wonder if the Ross will stay together for next year. I hope they do. Right. Um, obviously they've got a good top lane sub that did really well in. Uh, I mean, they won the LCS, so yeah, exactly. I, I don't know if the, they're going to make top lane sub was doing fantastic in Europe. Right. Some days been in the hundred for a long, long time. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, nasty. But he's like the rock. I think someday. So I'm excited to see them next year. But talking about other teams, I think DFM first LGL team in groups, right? I think this is just already a massive achievement. Any win Solo they could find. Solo kill. Dude, Arya, Arya had was an insane, insane game. That, yeah. that one against T1. I hit this whole tournament. 
Yeah, yeah, no, the whole tournament, I think he was playing pretty good. There was a few hiccups here and there, but yeah, the Zoe game, I think it was Zoe into Faker, yep. gets the level three dive, solo kill, DFM, I think had an impressive run into groups. Of course, they have the three Koreans, they finally got their um, three core members when, the, um, I think it was their jungler who got the, the visa or whatever it was, so that they could get their support in. Yep, so gang. they're uh, and in MSI, we didn't really see the real DFM. Now we have um, still a lot to work on, I think, um, just because obviously the region is weaker, but I still, I still think groups is a huge achievement. And, and honestly, uh, 100 Thieves was lucky to win that second game against them. That one came down to that base race where yep. they like punted them into the fountain laser and stuff like that. Between the mirror and yeah, stuff. Yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> so like that was not a, that was not a one sided affair. So, yeah, they went 0-6, but they did have at least and especially against T1 EDG, they had some good early games. They obviously couldn't compete, you know, as the game got longer. Yeah, they had the um, against EDG, Steel, I think, Steel had the well, talent game where, where he they was were everywhere. Yeah, against EDG, I think it was. Yep. They had like five kills in the early game mm -hmm. and they chased him into topside jungle. I think they were playing poppy top. They had a good early game. Faker, solo kills, the base race. Everything was pretty close for uh, for DFM. Yeah, both teams that got out, though, going to be uh, going to be fearsome. I think we should move it along pretty quickly because we have so much to cover, though. Um, did we have another? Are we playing the other interview? We do. We have, we have an uh, interview with FBI here. This one was done at the end of their World's Run. FBI, thank you for joining me for this interview for Diveforia. Uh, I want to talk about your run overall, uh, starting from training when you arrived in Iceland. Tell me about scrims, how it went, uh, and scrims versus the results you had on stage. Yeah, um, coming into Iceland, um, obviously we had a, a bit of a visa issue with Kosa, um, which kind of sucked, but we got right into scrims when we got into Iceland, and I'll say we had pretty mixed results with most teams. Um, there were um, like there was one team that really destroyed us a lot in streams, but it was actually kind of a nice experience. Like it wasn't nice at the time getting destroyed, but I feel like we learned a lot actually from those games and that team was really strong, yeah. Would you would you be able to say which team it was now? Uh, or? Am I able to? I don't yeah. know, yeah, probably, yeah. Uh, it was like Hanma Life, I think, okay. that they're actually a really, really strong team, um, especially their bot lane and mid, I feel like. Uh, kind of on like another level from the other scrim opponents that we faced and it was a really good experience um, I'm a big fan of Deft and I feel like I learned a lot in those scrims. Well, what did you learn by facing these uh, these players Deft but also Gumayoshi, uh, Viper also today and yeah. during the group stage? Um, honestly on stage I feel like um, it's harder to gain stuff because we only played one game um, and some of the games were a bit weird especially the first game of T1 I kind of just sprinted it down so there wasn't really too much to learn but I can kind of feel that they are both really really strong bot lanes. There's a lot of discussion right now when it comes to the format at Worlds especially being just double round robin when people would like to see maybe three games played. What's your take on that? Um, yeah I think obviously I would have preferred more games so we would have had a better chance but um, yeah I don't know about the logistics and stuff but as a player I always want to play more games on the world stage obviously so yeah I'm all for that kind of change but yeah, I'm not too sure about that. Oh, I can imagine. We'll see maybe if things change uh, one day. Uh, there's also a big discussion when it comes to the West versus Asian teams right now, especially yeah, Chinese team and Korean teams and yeah, EU and NA together. Would you say, how would you explain the results that we have? Because after the first round, Robin, everything seemed doomed for Europe and NA, but I mean, with the run from Cloud9 and also your results yesterday or today against EDG, I don't know what to make of this. Do you think the gap is getting bigger or teams actually are performing better now? 
Um, I don't really think the gap is as big as people say. Um, at the end of the day, like a best of one format can't really tell you too much about the strength of the teams. I do think the Eastern teams are definitely stronger than the Western teams, but it's not like an astronomical gap. And I think um, given the COVID situation, I don't think many teams were able to really like boot camp. So that might have played a big factor because I feel like um, you learn a lot from screwing Eastern teams and um, I, we weren't given that kind of luxury this time around. And I think that might have made like um, a pretty significant difference, but they're definitely stronger, but not as unbeatable as people think. Yeah. And now when it comes to your run at Worlds, we will see you in the LCS next year. I hope we will see you at Worlds next year as well. Uh, anything that you learned that's going to help you a lot into your personal development, FBI? Yeah, for sure. I think um, I learned a lot, honestly, during this trip, um, just how to play lane matchups, how to stabilize lane matchups. And um, I feel like consistency is a big issue for me. So um, I really want to work on that before the next time I hopefully make calls. And you will be ready for sure. Thank you very Thank much you. for this interview. Thank you, Laura. Thank you, FBI. And it's interesting to hear uh, about HLN scrims because I know Niski was also mentioning that they were they were way better than people were expecting and i've heard this from a few people that hle is is being underrated even some of the lck teams were saying they think hle is being underrated mm, yeah i mean they have got deft who was also like dominating bot lane last worlds i heard in scrims and then chovy in scrims uh I, I like that fbi actually said it you know it's like can i see it ah yeah screw it you know <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he's like what do we got to lose now yeah, you know yeah, we're out anyway so. we're out of here peace that's really cool uh, but it's it's due to the 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 rise of this team through just the very end of LCK. This team was eighth place. And it was just it was just their run to get here at Worlds where death starts popping off. And care like all all of a sudden, you know, all these memes about uh, you know, the the rest of the team and Chobi yeah, and blah blah and blah and, and all that stuff. Uh, is from the majority of the season, uh -huh. and then just when they need it to qualify for Worlds, bottom line starts popping off. And then here in groups, we even had games where Willer was. Yeah, was I think Willer, Willer definitely had a few um, good games. Um, Morgan also. Morgan definitely still has had this, some the same ones that people flame him for, but the team overall is is just on such a meteoric rise. I feel like uh, the the scrim stuff also adds to that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I do think that that they've all played a lot better uh, in the second week, so mm. it. It'll be interesting. I mean, they almost beat RNG, right? Which yep. is a huge achievement when RNG, everyone kind of thought that RNG, especially myself, would just, You said they were going to win. I think RNG, I still do believe RNG will win Worlds, but uh, yeah, that, that group stage, second half of group stage, seems like the LPL teams, all of them just flopped. Um, EDG, in a sense, RNG as well, just kind of losing games here and there, forcing tiebreakers for first seed. Um, but I still think RNG is the, is the strongest team in that group 100%. I mean, I think Xiaohu had fantastic performances. I can't wait. If it does happen in the finals, see Xiaohu versus Khan, the rematch from MSI. RNG obviously taking that one. But um, yeah, that group was... That's not happening. That group They're was... cloud nine side of the <laughs> cloud nine. Perks versus Gen G and RNG. We'll talk about that later because that's actually super interesting to me. Um, 100%. But the sad thing about that group is just Fnatic. Um, I still stand the opinion that if they had upset in Hillisang, Fnatic would get out of that group because the whole team just collapsed from that. Um, but yeah, being stepped up did his job but i think it was no no upset performance right because Fnatic yeah. is just such a bot centric team and you take away their bot laner it's like well now we have to play top side we have like a couple days of scrims Ooh, i, I actually want to play the interview now liner. can we play the interview now because that's yeah, a that's really it's that's a really sure? good reaction sure. we uh, we do have an interview here this one's from niski and again this one was at the end of their world's run niski thank you for joining me uh i'm sad that it didn't go the way you wanted uh, at worlds but um 
what a turnover from the first game to mm -hmm. the last games. Uh, how do you explain the shift that it's been within the team that allowed you to play more freely today and in the second round, Robin? I think we just went like we had no pressure, kind of. Mm -hmm. Like it was already a doomed situation um, from our first week and just from everything that happened. So we just tried to have fun. And I think that helped a lot, to be honest, because I think you play better when you have fun. And uh, yeah, for a lot of us, that's what made the difference today. Right, and it showed, especially in that last game, you were having a lot of fun <laughs> despite, despite the loss. But um, uh, I want to talk about the team as a whole and play style, because uh, as I told Yamato earlier in the day, throughout the whole year, you were playing, I mean, upset was a big, had a big role in Fnatic's success. Not, not to discredit anyone, but I mean, you were playing mostly also for bot side. Uh, bringing in a rookie, having to rearrange everything and the forces you would play through, especially with the meta at Worlds, which was not centered around bot lane also. How did you adapt to that in the drafts and in the playstyle, given the short time that you had to do so? I mean, it was pretty tough because uh, <laughs> mm. we didn't have that many scrims like we'd been. So I. We weren't sure what would actually work for us because before we would kind of just pick strong champs for bot and then roaming mids kind of thing and then we'd just abuse bot laners. Um, but then when the situation happened, I we just didn't know what would work for us anymore. So we're kind of lost. Also, we didn't really scrim before, so it was confusing. But towards the end, I think we just agreed to just pick strong champions and just play them like we wanted kind of and not like have a necessarily a team plan, I guess, on like to make top ahead or butt ahead, which is kind of all played and uh, yeah, I mean, it was pretty tough, so. <laughs> you made the best out of it in, in the end. Uh, a quick words about being as a, as a teammate, mm -hmm. because wow, this man, the, the way how he adapted, the way he fit with the team and what he displayed on stage also against Gala and against Dev. Uh, what's your take on him as a teammate and the improvements he had over the course of mm -hmm. the group stage? I think he's actually a really good player. Uh, I actually didn't expect him to be this good of a replacement for upset, but I feel like he actually filled in pretty well. Mm -hmm. um, I feel like if we had more time with Bean, it would be actually better, and we'd actually probably make it out of groups, is my opinion, but sadly we didn't do it, and yeah, I hope we see him in the LSE next year, because I think he's pretty good. I agree, I agree. Let's hope he gets picked up. Um, what about you, Niski? You played tons of new champs at Worlds. Your playstyle was more aggressive, I want to say, but it's a work you've been doing throughout the course of the mm -hmm. LEC also. And uh, I want to ask, did you grow as a player in-game, but also outside the game with having to deal with this situation? I'd say a bit, yes. I feel like I had to like accept like uh, the world situation and then before, like during spring, we had issues as well. And then in summer, I came back pretty strong. And then we went to Worlds and it didn't go well. So I feel like I'm just growing and growing. Um, I feel like my play style will probably change next year again, depending, of course, uh, with who we play and all that. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I feel like I'm growing more and more and I'm getting more confidence every single time I play in an international stage. And hopefully next year will be better. It shows, it shows really. Um, more about EU as a whole, the West as a whole, actually, mm -hmm. because we had a poor first week, but it feels like things got better during the second week when you think of Cloud9, uh, Rogue also, even you guys today, what you did against RNG. Uh, what's your take on the West this time at Wolves compared to the unbeatable LPL and LCK teams because they look damn strong? <laughs> um, I mean, actually, I had, I had high hopes for Matt. Mm -hmm. Um, but I feel like they're struggling. Had, had yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I had a lot of high hopes for Matt, um, but they've been struggling a bit, yeah. which is not really uh, like 
I guess them. I don't know. Maybe it's too much pressure or they have issues. But um, I hope they do better tomorrow. I think they play. Um, but then of course Rogue didn't make it sadly. But yeah, I was really hopeful for Mad. But I feel like now it's a bit lost. But I feel like if they make it out of groups, they'll probably go far still. So hopefully they make it out of groups tomorrow. And uh, I'm glad seen and make it out of groups at least. So. Yeah, your ex-teammates. That, that's really cool to see. Ex-teammates, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, last question for Yuniski. Favorite region to win the whole tournament and favorite team, and why is it that one? <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, who I want to win roles? I mean, I wish it was an EU team, yeah. but I, it's probably not likely. Um, if I had to bet or like to just just choose someone, it'd be probably Damwon or HLE. To be okay. honest, I actually think they're a really good team. <laughs> Surprisingly, I didn't think they would be that good. And I feel like they're even better than like RNG, and I think the tiebreaker is being played right now. So um, yeah, I think HLE or Damon are my bets. All right. Well, thank you for all these insights. Thank you for the answers, Niski. We'll see you thank next you. year. And back to you guys at Day for you. Thank you, Laura, for the interview, and thank you, Niski, as well. Uh, yeah. it, it's exactly what you're saying, right? They, 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 when you have a change that is taking away your kind of defining player, right? Because they played towards upset. You know, Niski's even saying, basically, we pick strong bot and mid champ second roam, and that's our play style. And now you have a guy who I think Beam played damn well. You know, I expected him to get absolutely trashed because this is a guy who's never even played an LEC game and now he's playing Worlds uh, out of the blue without any prep. God on Deft. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I expected him to get absolutely trashed. I thought he played well, but yeah, he's not upset and you have to try to change your play style. And like Nissy says, the play style that they ended on was essentially having no play style. He says, we just decided we're going to pick strong champs and just play the game yeah they re they loaded in and they're like oh we got a six solo queue team here everybody's really good let's, let's get <laughs> let's in just there invade. support you know? just leaves lane little wait for team fights and stuff yeah no, but I, it's it sucks it's like it's like rng you know take away Xiaohu or something or take away like someone like strong strongest in a way player because you play for them specifically right you play for a bot lane you play to get upset first tower unlock on the map get the herald first have bot prior all these things all of it's gone and now yeah you're just kind of lost the only kind of remnants we saw of the old fanatic was adam just sacking his lane and running mid and just ganking mid non-stop which worked sometimes like in their first game against hammer life they actually killed chovi but sometimes he's just standing there and it's like okay we're going back to top soon right <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean the situation is not it sucks for everybody you know sucks for upset sucks for fanatic you know sucks there's there's no way about it anytime mm. you have yeah. so, a problem like this it, it's it's gonna feel bad. The for irony everyone. of it was, we were the first episode of Dive Four. We were, we were like so hyped for Upset Hitty versus Gala and Ming, dude. Like bot lane is gonna be so stacked. But yeah, um, sad ending for Fnatic. Um, they got one win. They almost turned around, right? They beat the RNG, and everyone's like, the miracle run week two Fnatic. I mean, even even but at least that made the last day exciting because if they had lost that first game against RNG, then it was like the group was already decided to. Yeah. It would have got really boring. Um, yeah, it didn't didn't end up working out for them, but. I, I do think they still have some things to be proud of. Obviously, it is going to be a, a really disappointing run, um, especially given the fact that they got, I think, a really good group, right? You had four, fourth seed LCK, which everyone was looking at. Maybe this has changed a little bit now with scrims and the information that everyone thinks Hanwha Life is actually really good now. Um, but, you know, it looked like the clear weakest LCK team. Mm. It, and then it was just RNG and, and PSG. And you only had to beat one of those is kind of how people, I think, were thinking about this coming into it. So, uh, you know, Niski even, even felt like, hey, if we had more practice with bean maybe we could have made it out of this group you know this was definitely a group that fanatic could have gotten out of but 
sometimes these things happen internationally where people have to play with a sub or there's some sort of a health issue or, mm-hmm. or a family issue in, as there was in this case. And, and you kind of got to roll with the punches and Fnatic did it as, as well as they could. And I have to say like uh, props to Pete who released the um, behind the scenes of Fnatic, like uh, just showing unfiltered footage of kind of what they were like, you know, Niski's breaking down crying, Yamato is as well. And everyone's just kind of really, really sad. Hillisang's just kind of slumped in his chair. You know, it's, it's sad, but it captures the emotion of esports, I think, and the ups and downs of the rollercoaster from the yeah. high highs of like making it to worlds and Yamato with the speeches and upset being so happy uh, to the low lows of just getting knocked out and everyone's just kind of sad. I mean, your whole year as a pro player is distilled down to this. Yep. You know, you get your, your yeah. couple of weeks of groups and if you're out after that, you're just left feeling so empty because they build everything for this, especially these teams that are always have their sights set on the international competition. Yeah. I mean, I think it's it's really, really brutal like for, for pro gamers. And that's that I like that they showed it because it is kind of the reality is that like your your identity kind of gets distilled down into your into like what your results are, mm-hmm. right? Because your whole life is just scrimming and playing and practicing and, and living League of Legends. And you know, you're working towards this goal for an entire year. And like I always felt this if I lost at BlizzCon or whatever, just the idea that it's like, well, what was the point of this year? Right. Like I just wasted a whole year. And I'm sure that the Fanatic members really are feeling that right now. So uh heart definitely goes goes out to them when you know you grind this hard, feel like you're gonna get out and something that you can't yeah. control happens and now you're not you're done yeah and that's the thing right as a pro player you literally you wake up you have meetings you eat you play the game and then you stop playing the game after scrims and you play the game some more or watch some vaults your whole life and you go to bed and you're doing that for eight nine months you arrive at worlds and then it's just that's it is that it it's over now i have to just wait three months to do it all again and just keep doing this just for a chance to then compete at worlds again you don't even it's not even a guarantee right like you have to get the whole way there Hmm. brutal lifestyle next group Next group. That's let's quick. go to some that's, happiness. That's let's get some quick. euphoria happiness. Let's talk about <laughs> Mad Lions. Let's okay. go to a happy topic because they made it out. And I'm so happy Mad Lions made it out. But now they're against that one. Yeah. I'm 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 glad that we got another Western team out. You know, might have preferred TL. Uh nope. just throwing it out there. <laughs> Come on, you got one, we get one. It's only <laughs> it's fair. fair. It's fair. I yeah. even said on um I think it was on countdown with Dash after the first round Robin, we were doing countdown. I was like, look, uh-huh. Dash. We'll give you group A. Yeah, Rogue will slot you in a win. And then you group uh, us group D. You slot this in a win. And we'll get two teams out. We got to work together here I with these groups. Yeah, yeah. And it happens. That's, that's how you guys got uh, LNG for first tiebreaker. And we got we LNG for first tiebreaker. <laughs> it's a bit unlucky. It's a bit unlucky. You know what? Deal. But, but I will say that day went on for so, so, so yeah, long. Oh, my goodness. Like from, I think, Match NG were the first teams to arrive. But um, I think each team arrived like four to five games in that day. And that day was like 10 hours long. The problem is that, you're just sitting there backstage. It's way longer kinda... too with call times, right? Because it's like, like our, we got we got picked up from the hotel at 9.30 a.m. Mm. or a little bit before that. And then I think I got back to the hotel at 10.30 or 11 at night. Yeah, but for the players as well, yeah. it's like you're sitting there backstage watching two games or a game waiting. And then all of a sudden you need to like, let's say it's Mad Gen G, right? It's the most important game day one, a first game of the day. I drink loads of coffee. I'm really feeling it. We lose and I have to sit here for like two hours, like... And now I have to play again, you yeah. know? You have to stay up here the whole day because every game that you're playing is elimination because the day is full of ties. Yeah. You're like, oh, another elimination. Oh, now a tiebreaker yeah. elimination. Oh, now another yeah. one elimination. And you're just like, <laughs> you have to stay just peak I think Mac tweeted like, okay, we just finished, but we're going again in three minutes time. And it's like, now we have to draft prep who we're facing. What are we doing? What's the strat? What do we just play? What are they going to ban? Oh! I have to say, you could tell, especially in the very final tiebreaker, that just everybody in that game was tired. Is so tired. That's mm-hmm. like 
when you're grinding at night, flex you or, or something with everybody, and you someone's like, we can't end on a loss. We got to queue another one. We got to queue another one. And yeah. everyone's just like, okay, thing is, here we go again. A lot of people are pointing towards it, right? Max was tweeting about it. I think Armand was saying it. And then we saw, like, I think an interview with BDD, I think it was, where he was like, I don't know. We're just, I'm just so tired, man. Like, I, I don't know what's going on. We're just tired. Yeah. So that day went on for long for everyone. Yeah. I mean, it, it's brutal. It is even field for everyone. And honestly, I, th I thought Mad was done after game one of the day right because they're one in three in groups and it's like oh they need to get not only did they need to you know win out from there mm -hmm. but they needed some other things to happen and go their way for it to actually work out um because you know if lng had, had won a game like earlier you know that could have eliminated them as well so it, it was a crazy and then, like, run tl beats gen g and yep. then in the first round then mad has to win and then tl has to win again and Matt has to win again and and even in the one of the the first of the lng ones they were behind early and they had to rely on that Mad Lions comeback team fighting. <laughs> was the humanoid LeBlanc, right? Where you just yeah. kept finding picks and then they slowly came back in the game. Was it that game? Uh, they they're all, the, the whole day is blurring together for me. Yeah. But I remember they, they were backs against the walls and they were down early. Mm -hmm. But they keep they kept on looking for those picks, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they talked about it in all their, their interviews afterwards, too, where they're just like, yeah, that's. That's our start. We're always, we're, we're never going to give up. Like we always know that, ah, yes, we're Mad Lions. <laughs> Remember, it's we can rely fighting. on yeah. later. That's how the LEC was. Like I think Mad Lions, even though they won the split, they're the team with the most even gold throughout every game, right? Mm -hmm. So against bottom teams, top teams, whatever it is, the gold is either even or they're slightly behind the majority of the time. And then boom, it just blows open. They win a team fight or they get a soul. And then that's how they kind of end. I mean, they showed a lot of resilience, especially in the tiebreaker against LNG. Like that should have been an LNG win. And that's going to be one of those games like that just like- dives. Yeah. Well, I fell asleep straight up. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's going to be one of those games that if you're LNG, you just replay over and over in your mind because that was a one game. Yeah. All I trolled so hard yeah. for the rest of that game. He got so far ahead, played the top dives well, you know, Mad made some mistakes and it's like, oh, it's GG. Kennen has like five kills. Uh, Karzi was down, what, three or 4,000 gold in bot lane? Oh my God, Light was so far ahead, yeah. This game looked so toast. Because they kept putting numbers towards top side, I believe it was, and he was, no, well, and all, I, all I kept taking like 1v3s one and one, stuff. And he kept going one for one or one for two. Dude, this this is waking me up. You know, we've been, we've been slow to wake up today. Yeah. But even just remembering the game, I'm like shaking up, like jumping up and Dude. down. The Elder Dragon fight yeah. where everybody... So the Mad Lions, like you guys get so many assassinations on the outside. By the way, Elioya had trolled a lot of the early uh -huh. Kiana plays. Yeah. But then him and Humanoid, yeah. you know, they pick off three people on the outside. But Light is just so strong. He fights everyone off the Elder. But then they go back to the Elder Dragon. Nobody has Smite. They stun Light with the recon they get the charm knocked and then up as, bursts it. yeah as he bursts it and you're just like oh my god they did it they did 1.6k burst they need a qrw on leblanc and mm -hmm. one shot it but i'll be honest after the first two top dives they were like kejo you need to cast the last you game you went to sleep yeah they were like kejo you need to cast the last <laughs> i just did eight games of analyst desk and they're like you need to cast the last game i was like okay. yeah i can do it i need to nap though top dive happens oh we're out <laughs> and i woke up to the elder dragon i was like oh, what is going on man it was a rotation of every of people dropping because they vedius was like oh i gotta go record something in the morning i'm I'm out. And then they were like, uh, Kobe, we just lost a Zale for the countdown thing. So you have to fill in for countdown. <laughs> and they're like, so you for out now. And then I rotate over to the yeah. other thing. It, we found a way to fix it all, you know, but we our, just had to Rubik's cube, yeah. yeah, we just had to conserve energy. So I had to nap a bit. And then I woke up to a mad win in all
of a sudden like i don't need coffee i don't need red bull i was just screaming yeah and that, then um yeah. that game was that whole day was crazy i'm sad for, i'm sad for tl the the, for the final the final game yeah jensen was was faker on the last Stole day baron he was actually smurfing so hard but tl made so many mistakes in their final but game that game DDD good, also though. played out of his mind that like, game looked good because top looked so in favor of um of tl like jason's yeah. like 2k gold up it was like wow this is actually a great yeah. game state for jason I, I just kind of feel like maybe they shouldn't even kill the top tier one like they used harold on top tier one mm. and then it just felt like he, he wasn't laning against graves anymore and never really got anything from his vantage he ended up actually falling behind in farm after he was like 40 50 cs up he was 2000 gold up early uh alfaro wasn't able to do anything with the lead whatsoever uh which was unfortunate but i mean tactical rocket jumping yeah. blind into the bush that malphite. Is, and just yeah he you know, a zero man malphite out there killing himself um the lazy recall from tactical mid plus oh, santorin back to back i mean bdd was just headshotting everyone and he deserves so much credit because he played an incredible yeah. game most people would never punish you for that but it just shows why you need to have that discipline and not back in locations where you can get caught right you know those back to back then when Jensen's splitting top on TF, Santorin was just way too far up in mid lane. They get picked there. Like everything started to really fall apart. Um, and, and that was a, a winnable draft. Obviously, it's a winnable game potentially, but TL made too many errors and BDD had a hell of a game. So he was deservingly the, the winner. Yeah. Kobe, your face. You look mm. sad. If only He's making me sad. <laughs> yeah, I mean, man, just... It's a game of inches, isn't it? Tiebreakers on tiebreakers yeah. on best of ones. And that that was you like, saw nerves in tiebreakers. I felt like big time in both of them. Yeah, I remember when Perks uh, won the tiebreaker against Rogue. It, the comms were like, "It's choke city. Everyone's choking. <laughs> yeah. Everyone's griefing. We're all choking, but we won." <laughs> I mean, <laughs> that that's th there's there can't be more pressure, right? It's it's world yeah. elimination matches. It's it's so incredibly intense, but yeah, that's that's why things take over, and that's why I value comfort picks so much. You have BDD on his Zoe. This man is an iconic Zoe player, one of the best Zoe players in the entire world, and he just reverts to oh the normal spots where where you're used to picking off people from all of your millions of of Zoe games, uh, you know that you're used to playing. Boom, finds him in the fog of war. Boom, headshot here, headshot there. Oh, really, almost and, hit me. Yeah, he was trying to you, had, you. That's why maybe we, hit me. That's why I fell asleep, man. <laughs> what the hell? Did it just travel that, from Iceland and yeah. hit me? Damn, that would have been a really good tweet. That's that one would have popped off if you I had just to, take a picture of me yeah, asleep. Yeah, uh, with BD the, hit Kato. with the game off. Oh, where'd this Zoe bubble come? He even slept. Kato. Tweets of people sleeping are so funny, but I always am like, ah, I probably shouldn't take a picture of someone who's sleeping. Kobe was asleep on the taxi ride in, and I just wanted to do the selfie with Kobe asleep, being like, ready for the dive today. <laughs> yeah, I want to take a picture of you sleeping now. I do like the we just fake it and, now and and just, yeah 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 but it's a good thing you have this protective shield that's why yeah because i can't get hit by the sleeps <laughs> yeah but it, all of that occurred within maybe a time span of one minute he where he picks off by a top yeah. by by this tower then, the then, then he finds somebody in the fog of war in the jungle then he finds tactical recalling from the steps which it's actually quicker when you have tier two boots to, to walk, walk back yep. just as a general rule once you get to the steps uh, even if you have no boots, if you're inside the steps, faster to walk back. Yep. If you have upgraded boots, walk your ass back there. Especially if you're playing BDD Zoe that just sniped two members in Fog of War. He had no War. vision as well, which was like All three of thing. them. Yeah, three yeah. in a row with well, no the, vision. The pink, the pink one was so troll. Because not only did he face check a brush with no vision, he rocket jumped into it. Anyway, uh, ner nerves were definitely on display, I think, for, for both the losing teams and tiebreakers. I think TL had some nerves, had some really bad plays. I think LNG as well. Hmm. And this was, this was such an exciting group, though. Three three for everyone across the board does make it the fourth time now tl has gone out at three three in groups 
in the rough. fourth worlds you yeah. know on the fourth fourth day or whatever it was <laughs> this one like you i don't think you can actually get closer to getting out and not getting out it's, it's the crazy. first time they got a tiebreaker because C9 was too forward but, but this one this one also you you've okay never mind it's not worth going down all but i will say last shout out i want to give to is to ali i think that like that man had a great tournament especially that game against uh was it Birdle top lane when he's playing fiore aurelia and that guy is five cs it is that was that was when you queue up for flex queue with your bronze friend and they play against a challenger fiore one one trick yeah i'm sad we won't see ali i mean that man was like 1v2ing 2v1v3ing on towers oh we'll see him again he's really gonna want back that kenning game against matt and also light was also smurfing i feel bad for him too uh in energy light i think was maybe the most consistent player for them he yeah. played very well all right on to the quarterfinals here first You're matchup right, we got rng versus edg a lot of people unhappy that it is an lpl kind of team kill there yeah and an um, lck but, team kill on the other side as well yeah but should be exciting there's two ways of looking at it though oh dang we have to team kill but oh we guarantee move a team from our region on to semifinals. i feel like that's the angle that they should be looking at it from with how the lpl teams have been doing <laughs> uh, they better count their blessings that they're getting a guaranteed team through because i feel like everybody would be uh you know how beautiful would it be if we had like three na teams three u teams guaranteed semis as well you know maybe one day maybe one day we'll get that where it's like the lck and the lpl who have one team each in the semifinals, and we're the ones with next seeds, year man. next year when <laughs> world is in na seeds. yeah maybe rise maybe. of the west yeah but rng edg who you got for that? Because I actually, I'm on the RNG train for that for that mm. best of five. I do think that RNG, I am also slightly on RNG. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like EDG uh, is is just a, a little bit easier to attack. And we the, thing, the big thing is why I'm super excited for this matchup is that we didn't get to see it in summer playoffs because RNG got knocked out so early and it, that really seemed like an aberration, uh, you know, that game. And then they're just like, oh, down in the uh, the qualifier and they just one shot, um, you know, WE or whoever it was. Mm-hmm. Um, we never actually got to see them play out. But even in the LPL playoffs, I would have thought I would have, you know, been RNG sided. Um the only worry I have for RNG is I still have their mistakes of like getting ahead and then still overforcing and overplaying yeah. and dying. And uh, I feel like the biggest favorable thing I think in this matchup is Shahu. I, I thought you were going to say the only worry you have for RNG uh, is crying. <laughs> because <laughs> TF Panda, oh in, no! <laughs> in watching, yeah, in watching all of the, the RNG VODs to, to prep for this, that is the biggest standout thing. It, it, this is not just a Worlds thing where mm. pe- you know, people have been uh, making fun of crying. This this is at all every game, you know, even in LPL, they would put him on stuff like Lissandra, like Malzahar, and he would Malzahar ult an Olaf that literally already has Ragnarok on and it's just running by. Oh, glowing, God. You like remember actually we watched, glowing. Yeah. Yeah. And it's and, and then he would have somewhere you're on this champion where your R is is. 80% of what you're going to provide to the team. Mm. And he would mess up Lissandra ults. He would yeah. mess up Malzahar ults. I remember and, we were watching those games together. It was like woo! four or five in a row that were just absolute stinker alts. Just like stinker. super griefing. <laughs> that, that's that's where it makes it sound so terrible. <laughs> that was a stinker. <laughs> I literally, for one of the games, the only note was crying big liability. <laughs> was that your notes for RNG? <laughs> that, was, that was my note for, for one of the games. Oh, that was the whole thing. No, it was like... Mid, mid lane pool will be high contested, right? TF, Rise, LeBlanc, I think these champions will be really high prior. Syndra as well will be debatable as to whether you want to give that up, maybe give LeBlanc for Sandra. This mid matchup is kind of interesting because I think Scout had like an amazing finals and he showed yeah. that like he can really 1v9 on that team and he can really carry with champs like Ryze. Yeah. Um, whereas Crying, more of a liability, needs his roaming mids. And it's really cool because I have these two teams as very lopsided and very different sides of the map 
generally. Yeah. Even though EDD did show some one three one um, where they had Lucian top and they did some split pushing, mm. uh, so they showed a little bit of variation towards the end. It was so much more about bottom lane about Viper. And, you know, he's, I think we still probably all have him as best AD carry. Yep. Now that Hansama's been eliminated. Yeah, Viper, Viper Mako <laughs> are just so goddamn good, right? And, yeah. and it is interesting. It's, it's also really hard to judge because, like you said, we didn't get to see them playoffs. They only played one time in summer, right? RNG did win that. But it's it's very difficult to actually, you know, ha have much information on this matchup. I, I do think it's just going to be kind of split sides of the map, yeah, right? Where EDG bot. likely are playing towards bot. Uh, RNG pretty much always do play towards top. They... they they did some mixing up of that. Both teams, I think, did some, um, but largely that has been about uh, the play style. And I don't know, like, I, I, I kind of feel like mid is, is pretty advantage towards EDG. And because of how this meta has felt, like, it has felt top focused, but it's felt about playing through mid towards top. And like that is one thing that I do think kind of works in EDG's favor. If your bot is winning naturally 2v2, if you can have JJ playing through Scout, if that can be the X factor up towards top lane to help out Flandre, then you know maybe the meta is kind of like more favoring them because mm. it feels like everything starts mid and then goes to sides at this world's. Yeah, and I also think if you put Gala on Ziggs, RNG's bot lane is saved a lot. We saw it especially against WE, and we saw it once this tournament. Him having Ziggs and playing topside is, is a fantastic thing, I think, for RNG to just unlock Ming. One of the biggest, I think, saving graces why I gave the slight edge to RNG, when it is going to be lopsided, I feel like Gala is actually so good at playing the weak yeah. side for mm -hmm. RNG. And so while, while Viper, Viper and Mako are so insane, uh, and you should put a lot of resources into them, I think the you know bottom side for RNG is is good, even with all the focus that they put towards mm -hmm. Xiaohu. So it makes it it makes it hard hard to have that as like this complete win condition. I love that you bring up the Ziggs, because that was the other thing when we were, LPL were Ziggs, doing man. our prep. There's so many LPL Ziggs where they have these kill combos, and it's not just leave for, uh, you know, wave control. Like and six sets, yeah, the RNG special and stuff like this. Yeah, yeah so. I think a lot will come down to draft. Like, how can you shut down uh, Kryon's, like, Mitch, small mid chample. There's I no say, way that EDG scouts. don't ban TF. There's no way. Yeah, I think TF Ziggs could be great bans for EDG. Maybe even investing top bans for Xiaohu, right? Because I mean, you can target top, you can target uh, bot to get a winning matchup for EDG. You can target mid for a strong mid jungle. But Google wants to talk to you. Are you? Hello. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I think draft will be <laughs> so important. <laughs> And I think EDG can target a few specifics, um, but yeah, I favor RNG. <laughs> it, it'll, it'll be really interesting. I mean, Google, what champ do I ban against crying? <laughs> oh, TF! Oh, what the hell? <laughs> Google knows. Flange also has has not played uh, that much much different stuff, but like it, it's always hard to know. Is is it like oh, is that because you're not comfortable in things in the meta, or is that just because you haven't been pushed right? And I, and it's just been Graves and Jace for him so far. Mm. But those champs both are are really strong and and safe blinds right My now. My man Shahu can play Syndra top into. Ken and he knows his matchups. He's flexible. I freaking love that game. That was so fun. <laughs> yes. Into the Ken, and you're like, oh my god, the outrange. But so most teams many... will be like, most teams will be like, hey, I can play Syndra top. You play set mid or Renekton mid, and we'll just win top into this cannon. Okay, mid laner goes top, wins lane. Shahu's like, no, I'm the Syndra. <laughs> I guarantee, no other team at at Worlds is ever going to you know have the confidence yeah. to play a Syndra top type of thing. That's because and, you have a guy with an international title as a mid, as a mid laner, laner and he's your top. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How sick is that? And you know that they are committed to sending everybody up to the Syndra. There's no way they let Xiaohu out to dry. They always, you know, rotate all of their cooldowns, you know, bottom lane teleport even, mid lane teleport, jungle pressure. Mm. They're, they're playing around when the opponents are going to attack Xiaohu and they've kind of 
they've honed that and and they've really perfected that and a lot of these timings around because they know the opponents are going to try and counter. this is a really exciting match yeah it is really exciting you guys are both on rng side i'm just going to go on edg side just because i think i think it's a scout diff i think it's i think it's a scout diff i think the the meta has been so much about getting mid ahead, then moving elsewhere. And I do mm. think EDG have the edge there. It's going to be a really exciting one, though. Could see it going either way. Next one on the docket here, we got Gen G Cloud9. These two teams have some history. I mean, Cloud9 on their semifinal run, knocked Gen G out of groups. Then yep. one of the funniest tweets I've ever seen was, I don't know if you guys remember this tweet. Gen G, Gen G, it was like something, I can't even remember what the context was, but Gen G tweeted to Cloud, like, Cloud9 basically like, oh, imagine needing, you know, Koreans to do anything at Worlds or whatever, right? And then Cloud9 just responds, imagine having five and getting knocked out of groups. <laughs> and it was, like, it was like the most owned I've ever seen a team get a on social. That's it was so funny. And it has like 30k likes Insta, just yeah. boom. Um, so they, they've got some history and, you know, I, I would love to see Cloud9 kind of continue that forward the, and, and take them down the again. The banter train hasn't ended, you know, because if you watch C9 react to pulling Gen G, they're like, nice! And you so, watch the Gen G reacting to pulling C9, it's the same thing. And then I think it was Perk said while they're reacting, nice, we drew the worst mid laner in the yeah. tournament, I guess I'll be nine. <laughs> that, it's funny about the double reaction thing because that also happened in 2018. When, when they drew a free kit. It, yeah. I remember the video because it shows videos of both teams. And this is always going to be true. When you're perceived as one of the weakest teams, of course, you're like, oh my God, we have to get the weakest opponent. So the other team is also going to be like, yes, we all right. We also got the other weak support. So everybody's cheering. Woo, woo. It always makes for good memes because only one of them can win. And then uh, you get to make fun I of the other one. I think this matchup is actually really close as well. You yeah. know, We're casting it as well, so I'm super excited to cast it. I'm so jealous. We're jealous of casting the cloud, not casting the cloud. Yeah, nine. I'm so I jealous. I think this game might actually go, this series might actually go to five games, you know. Um, who would you favorite? You, are you just repping cloud nine, of course? Of course, there's no even point. Yeah, I don't even have to ask. I guess it's just my opinion, really, well, isn't it? Because I know you both want C9 I to mean, win. I mean, I obviously want C9 to win. I, I do think that, like, while like, people are getting really excited and being like, oh, my God, free path to finals. Like, you know, uh, we could do it. Not free. And, and I'm just like, yeah, I could see a world in which Cloud9 gets the world finals, but I could also see a world where we just get slammed in quarters. So um, I, I But do having think, those two extremes is better than going against that one. Of course. Of course it is. It's way better. I'm, I'm not saying that we got a bad draw. I'm just saying that people need to be realistic. Genji could easily be Cloud9 in the quarters. I think if it's like gun to my head, life online, I probably I probably tip towards uh, Genji. But I do think that Cloud9 can beat them. I, my concerns with Cloud9 are, are the same that they have been all year long. It's just consistency. It's like, True. what are you going to look like in five games? If you go five straight games, if you're in a best of five and you throw away two games because of some like just stupid play... Well, you're putting yourself at such a massive disadvantage, right? You really are making the other games um, that much higher pressure. You're going to have to play flawlessly because Cloud9 at their best, we know this from MSI, we know this from this world, they can challenge any team in the world. That has not changed. It's just, can you string together three consistent games to actually take down Genji? That's my biggest question. Well, luckily for you, Azale, we've got the three keys to success for Cloud9 Ooh. coming up right here, Ooh. baby. Okay, first one. It's going to be leveraging the mid lane champion pool difference. And this one, as you said, Perks even cited himself in the video as one of the biggest things. While BDD can rely on the strength of his Azir, of his Zoe, and everyone is afraid of his champions, those are not the champions that, that roam around the map as early or as frequently mm -hmm. as Twisted Fate, as Rise. So 
utilizing that as one of your biggest tools is number one of the first three things. Okay, I like it. Yeah. Number two uh, is going to be, you know that Gen G almost always, they have had, had such a hard time changing their identity as a team. They're one of the, the easiest teams to categorize as stalling out later for these team fights where they have BDD and Ruler on these carries and they're able to win for late game. Cloud9, one of the biggest strengths in the most successful years of Cloud9 in spring, attacking and running over people early. So play to control the map early, the early neutral objectives. Rift Herald, I Vulcan think should be- just running around the map, killing everyone. Not even everywhere. I think a lot of focus should be on the Rift Herald play. Uh, Rift Herald play, you're looking at seven to eight minute setup. There are three ways to get Rift Herald. One, you win the 3v3 on top side, outright, great. That's the easiest one because then you have full top priority. Yeah, top push, the, yeah. the second one, bottom lane push priority. So then you can half roam up in the fog of war. If they commit, then, then you have the lead and you get there first. If they don't commit, then you just rotate back down so you don't give up too many minions on the pushback on your tower. Don't give up too many turret plates. Mm -hmm. Or you just full rotate and lane swap up there to make sure that you get it so you can get the rift held and you start knocking down turrets. I think even if C9's bot's getting pushed in, they can sack, right? So Vulcan can base on a, on a wave pushed into their tower to match support tempo, and then AD can just catch the wave and run up as well. So there's still a world where they can do it with the losing bot. Boom. That's part number two. Number three, play with confidence. Don't be afraid of some of these mistakes. Don't be afraid of these memes. The Crabber, C9 Crabber, has actually been beneficial at Worlds this year. It was so memeable at MSI, and yet they dominated, I forget which game it was, but they won that crab fight on bottom side mm -hmm. and won the entire game uh, in one of the crunch, uh, geez, that day. I can't remember, I'd have to remember Anyways, yeah. don't be afraid of those memes to make mistakes. Play with confidence. You saw this with 100 Thieves. When all the Cloud pressure is Cloud9 is never off. afraid. That's one thing I'll give them. <laughs> Sometimes True. they should be, but they're never afraid. Yeah, especially when they have setups around Dragon and Vulcan's like, let's just engage mid, man. <laughs> uh, small t tack on one to this. I guess our three is like three, three part B point. Mm -hmm. <laughs> three part B. Three part B. Yeah. Be cognizant though and track enemies because there's there are a lot of plays where Cloud9 charge in where they're not tracking enemy support or enemy jungle. You, you know, you go over the back of red buff with a Yumi on you and, oh, surprise, the enemy mid laner is Twisted Fate and can teleport in and all of the members are there and they kill you. So be be confident and 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 play with confidence. But remember to be cognizant and tra track, especially jungle support. I, I will say I think Genji is a very, uh, what's the word, theoretical team. Um, they're not super creative. They're not going to catch yep. you off guard with like uh, overloading bolt or shadowing bolt or forcing a 2v1 on your side lane and then double TPing to Nash and forcing it or, you know, looking for crazy flanks or picks. I feel like they play by the book. You know, we push out mid, we move top side, get the vision top side, match our top lane or siege tier two, yep. which is good, right? It's good to get early snowballs and it's good to kind of progress the game without overextending and throwing the game. But you know Gen G are not going to overdive you. Then you know Gen G is going to meet you at the objective. If they get the objective, they're running away straight away. They're not going to really hard engage or chase you down if you make a mistake. So I think they won't punish C9 as hard uh, as other teams might, like Damon and like chase you if C9 does make a mistake. Um, but Sounded especially like they will believer. slow the game down a lot. Um, that, that last game against uh, Mad Lions, I want to attribute that more to fatigue rather yeah. than anything else. Then just overgrouping and slowly not doing anything. I would say that's more fatigue because the day was long, but I still think that concept applies to most of their games. Yeah. My biggest question here is like, because I, I know Cloud9's style is very much to move away from bot, right? Is to get Vulcan out of lane and roam from bot. And the question is kind of like, is Ruler going to get too far ahead, right? And that is that has felt like, one of the questions I think for Gen G versus pretty much all the teams is that sometimes you, you come out of these games and your bot has been fully abandoned. Ruler's three, four thousand gold ahead because you're you're playing to actually move around the map and ruler is able to punish or Genji will go towards bot, zone your AD off towers. It's mm. like, can you get enough elsewhere? And I'm I'm really curious to see 
is Cloud9's read going to be abandon ship on bot, get everything done elsewhere, holds Ven holds up, or are they going to try to put more resources into kind of like patching the ship, so to speak, and keeping Zven afloat in bot lane? Because I know that they don't want to normally play through bot. And the thing is, I'm not scared of like, you know, kill lanes coming out with early kills for them. So it's it's going to be close farm traded, I feel like, on bottom side of the map. You know, Ruler's not going to, um, you know, go turbo aggressive and and like solo them, get, get these 2v2 kills. I think they should be stable until you find your timers and well, so that's why i put so much emphasis on the rift herald so you can start knocking down those turrets because you know ruler and bdd at some point it's inevitable they're going to get money that's how genji plays they're going to feed them a lot of money and be hard to play but if you take down the towers and you start to take over the map uh, i think cloud nine are also much better at executing one three one and split push biggest thing is just play through mid right if you have playmaking mid leblanc anything like that we saw Santorin and jensen do it fantastically how to play through mid to sides i think if c9 applied that to a genji game when BDD's playing things like Azir. I think they can take over the map for sure in the early game. Absolutely. It's going to be a really exciting one. I hope they can do it. He sounds like a believer to me. He does sound like a believer. I predict C9 to win, yeah. yeah. I predict C9 to win. That's non-biased, non-anything. I genuinely think C9 will win that series. Yeah, yeah. I think they'll get to the semis against RNG, I expect. Um, where and then that's RNG an easy 3-0 for yeah, Cloud9. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, but if C9 make I think C9 actually have a realistic chance to world finals but that's the last thing I'll especially say. if they're against rng perks has to pick leblanc just for the the 2000, hover it at least the 2018 <laughs> just mental warfare yeah just hover leblanc and then like hover champions that the rng was playing and just keep yeah. meshing between the two he tweeted out uh what should i get for my world skin and i memeing answered renekton <laughs> because he had this <laughs> renekton game. but the real answer the renekton game was so funny the real answer has to be has to be leblanc at yeah. least for me uh yeah. yeah just because he's had so much internet i feel like I, I also really associate you know like silas and Akali and those kind of champions with them from from like those kind of eras where it was all about the flex picks, mm. but Silas for sure. But yeah. twenty but twenty eight, but the LeBlanc to me with with his furthest international runs absolutely already holds so much. He's an incredible LeBlanc, and historically his midpool is, is going to be contested in all series. Like LeBlanc, Silas, TF, Rice, um, Syndra, all these trade offs are going to be really high contested. And I'm always so excited because there's always the development of the meta from play into groups and then groups to knockouts mm. and seeing you know do people have have stuff prepped? Like are they going to let Yumi through? Are they going to let TF through with a very specific plan to try to punish T these picks T1 that you know people are going to take it? T1 would snatch Yumi. I think they only got it once and Owner and Carrie I looked it was against DFM. It was against fair. DFM, to be yeah. fair. Yeah, and Yumi had it ups and downs, but I think Carrier playing that champ, this guy plays anything, man. Predator Thresh, Anivia Support, Echo, Silas, Talia, you name it, he picks it. He's, Camille. He's so good. Yeah. T1, uh, T1 versus HLA is our next matchup. So mid lane, who? <laughs> Faker versus Chovy, the rematch of the regional, uh, the regional finals. Um, obviously, T1 won 3 2. Um, those games were. <laughs> Very back and forth. I think T1 had that series in the bag multiple times, but Hamalife kept that. scratching yep. games out of nowhere. Um, but this this matchup is... I think Hamalife has, has grown a lot since that series. They've gotten a lot better. I think mm. planes actually helped Hamalife a lot in just having more time to get better, which sounds very straightforward, but I think this team really needed that. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I mean, I, I do still favor, based on, on the world form we've seen, I favor T1 pretty heavily. Like, I, And yeah. I still think that they have a much better top side of the map and they like to play towards Kana and put a lot of resources into him. And like, I already think it's a 1v1. He probably should be winning. Mm -hmm. um, you know, Morgan, Morgan and Willer, I think, are just still kind of a liability at times. I do think that they've had some better games, absolutely, at Worlds. But in the first round, Robin, people were still absolutely memeing them for, for throwing games and and like playing pretty poorly. Um, so it's just kind of like one of those things where if you don't have consistency from some of your from some of your players, it's very difficult, I think, in BO5, especially a BO5 that could be, you know, not in your favor. Uh, if you drop a game or two that you should win, it's it's really, really rough. I am a 
still a bit worried for uh, for Hanwha sometimes too, because you know, as much as there have been games where it really feel like, oh, they finally shed the Chovian friends memes, you know, of all mm-hmm. these different shapes and sizes. Then on the last day, they had multiple ones where Willer's getting caught out. He he sees a gold card thrown at him in the air from his bat, own bad positioning, just walking up in mid lane, by the way. Does not Viego ultimate until after the gold card lands. He already gets stuck. Like, this is a projectile flying through the air. You've got no ping. You have no excuse. Then he tries to ult after he's already been gold carded and chunked <laughs> out, and he dies and his ult is... What was the gold card from crying? Yeah, and I was just like... Yeah, like, wait. Just wake up, okay? And then we also had... Vista and Def uh, uh, making mistakes as well. Yeah. And and they had been such a critical part of the rise and the mm. success of this team and it not just being Chovy. So that gave me worries that they're not past all yeah. of the things that it, kept them down. It was also really interesting in the first round, Robin. I actually felt like though Chovy was still laning really well, he was kind of struggling in the first round, Robin, a bit. Like he had he had a really poor Silas game where he, I remember it was like one of five, zero five, something like that, um, where he would create lane advantages, but he was struggling to convert them. I do think in the second round, Robin, he did a much better job of yeah, that. He did. I mean, he his game against Fnatic when they're kind <laughs> of shutting the jaw on Fnatic. That LeBlanc game was insane. <laughs> so the, th- these are stats, to- the top ZPM games from from Worlds so far. Second place was Humanoid on Victor, 954 DPM, which is like not shocking. Victor's really high DPM. It was like a 50 minute game. But 900 is very good. It's a ton. Yeah, you're like, number one. Number one, though, 1345 DPM from Toby on LeBlanc against that Fnatic game. He absolutely Such. destroyed them. Yeah. And, you know, so so that was was a really impressive performance. And I mm-hmm. do think that, like, not only was he still doing well in lane, um, but he was really able to actually convert on his advantages in the second round, Robin, and looked much more comfortable. And and he is going to be difficult to deal with. What I will say, a standout player for me on T1 is Kana. I think he's been having a great tournament. Yeah. I think Kana all year long was like this come top or I will die player. And he was playing things like Lucian nonstop and Jace. I think he's evolving into a great player. I think the Kennen game was fantastic. And I think that he can be more of a player where you can leave and play more towards bot side if you want. T1, what's been working for them has been playing top side, but there is these signs that he can also be a little bit more flexible, which he mm. really hasn't shown that much in the past. Um, so I'm, I'm having my eyes on top lane. I think that top matchup is actually really in favor of T1. Yeah. Hope they have the. I think jungle is as well. Let's go through it then. Top jungle, mid in favor of T- T1 or Hanwha Life? Well, I think if there's anything, you could make the argument more for like mid maybe being in favor of, of, mm, of Hanwha yeah. Life, right? Um, I think Faker does a lot for his team, but yeah. like I favor I favor topside pretty heavily for uh, for T1. I also think Caria is stronger. It's like you you really the only arguments to me is is Chovy and Deft, um, and even then it's like I take uh, I take Guma over. I think the, the argument is how long will the game go on? Because you know if Chovy's playing a zero or whatever, or Faker's playing a zero, I think both these teams don't really want to play the game too fast paced in my opinion. Yeah. Barring topside, I feel like, like SKT is very willing. The Herald to play. the Herald stuff they will really want to play fast. But like if you watch their finals against Damwon, they'll play Jinx Brahm and they'll just chill and they'll wait for you to make mistakes against Damwon and they'll maybe but try they, to find games or wins. But they also play... Or Genji, sorry. They also play Leona um, plus whatever owner had mm-hmm. and and those two forcing these engages, that's that's how they, you know, beat them first time around. Um, but back to the top lane one, mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, everyone's going to have eyes up there and cameras up there too because if you remember the shot of Morgan Camille bottom lane C- CSing flashing backwards I think okay and I always and missed the cannon otherwise it would have been worth if you got I, the cannon I'm always trying to think of what it could have been and the only thing I could come up with 
was that he thought he was trying to teleport to a play on the top side of the map. That's literally the only thing that yeah. makes any sense. But that's like, did he put his summoner spells <laughs> backwards? There's also a chance game? he was like maybe writing yeah. timers. I've done that. Where, and I, press where, D I, where I start typing yeah. at the same time as I press enter. And I've, yeah. Yeah. whatever the Korean letters are. While, while, there, he's, while he's going for a... I mean, Canon? Yeah. it's not really an excuse. It, okay, those it, it just those seemed, are the two, yeah. yeah it just seemed like it's a happy little accent, you know, um, just nerves. And, oh, crap. Yeah. <laughs> All right, well, I'm going T1 for this one. Yeah, T1. Yeah. T1. All right. Next one, I think, is probably going to be, well, I'll be interested to hear your opinion. Dom1 versus Mad. Um, everyone, I think, is looking as, at, at Dom1 still as, as heavy, heavy favorites. But Mad obviously did have an incredible BO5 against them at MSI, which I think is, is giving some hope to, uh, to LEC fans. I think Dom1 got better than they did at MSI. So I think they're I. A, lot, a lot better team. Um, Khan is looking... I think like probably next to Shahu, the best top player in the tournament. Um, I mean, he had a pentakill. You can play for top. This guy looks a lot more reliable than he used to be. It felt like the old, that one of old was like, Nuggery was the, the, the person you play for and you play for Nuggery and you get ahead and top side's great. And then Khan came in and he was like the tank player, right? It's like, I can play weak side guys. You can leave me on an island. Bot lane was not functioning and that one slowly started to collapse. But now Khan is actually someone you can really play for and you can show, he's showing signs of really great carry player. I think Graves being in the meta for top lane is so, so insanely good for him. It's, it is a perfect champ. It's versatile where he can play when he has no pressure. He can also shove in, build up waves to, to dive when Showmaker and Canyon are ready on their timings. Mm. And I feel like just Showmaker, since Showmaker and Canyon run this team, everything revolves around their timings and, and everybody else just has to be ready. Mm. And so I think that type of wave control and safety is good is really important for both sides of the map i like that you brought up the meta because like top side is more favorable right now in the meta because of the herald yeah. right early push early herald uh gg weepy get top tower unlock your mid or whatever you want to do you know <laughs> <I> like that <laughs> from the bow shout out to the bow to gg weepy uh rip all chat um no, but playing topside is much easier in the meta, right? Because you can get early heralds and then yeah. have your top move mid and pop the herald. But Khan's champion pool, it's like he plays Graves into Jax, wins, plays Jax into Graves, wins, and he plays Jace and Lucian as well, right? Yeah. So that's four champions that he can play already off the bat. I'm sure Camille is already up there as well because in the finals, Camille was just yeah. a huge contest prior where Khan would just first pick it, right? Um, he can even whip out the Fiora. He can whip out the Fiora. So in the current meta, I really favor like just Khan's champion pool over Armut for blind picks and counter picks or any side of real matchups. And, is, and even just... I mean, he he top gapped that whole group, right? <laughs> like like the especially the Jacks into Graves game against. Odalame. Okay, I will say Graves got first blood. I think it was, yeah. Did Graves get first blood? I believe it was, and then uh, his top lane was just on an island the whole game. Was that that game? I can't remember what it was. Anyway, I don't know. And there was a game where I think he got like first blood and top was already lost. But uh, that game against Odoamne, when Odoamne is playing, oh, that was against Graves. Cloud Nine. What was that against Cloud Nine? That was against Cloud then Nine. The other where one walked into the river and yeah, died yeah, yeah. level one. He was playing Graves into um, oh, yeah. Fudge, I believe. Yeah. Was it Wukong or Jax? I don't know. But then the other side, when Odo's playing Graves into Khan's Jax and he's getting solo killed, yeah, that's when times. I realized, like, multiple, yeah, multiple times. That's when I realized, like, ah, that guy's a bit too good. Yeah. Well, and his, his, his average CSD, yeah, 15 in the groups. 22 plus 22.5 his average gold difference of 15 1500 like yeah. he he absolutely was just stomping their group so like our mode i think you know team fights incredibly well but his lane face has been his weakness pretty much all year long i know that it got better in lec playoffs but definitely during the regular season uh laning was not his strength and i do think this is going to be such a big challenge for them so it, it'll be interesting to see like again this is one of those things where it's like it's such a clear advantage for for dom one do mad try to you know circumvent that by just like picking team fighters and ignoring the lane do they try to play towards it and try to you know punish Khan with with aggressive counter picks mm. and with like roaming mid and try to dive him and, and try to push punish him that way because it, it's really difficult and and dom one 
is just such a uniquely hard team to play against because if you craft this whole plan and you're like, all right, we got to stop con, you know, all resources to get armored in this game and, and stop con. Well then guess what? They're good everywhere. Mm-hmm. So like they just kind of passively create advantages. You know, if Elio is over prioritizing going top, well, Canyon will farm your entire jungle and take every dragon and, and that can get difficult too. Uh, the typical way to try and attack them has always been through bottom side. Yep. Um, try and go through ghost. And yet I think they quietly have been one of the parts that improved the most for Damwon. Uh, to me, I was so taken aback when they literally s- sat him, they benched him just to have Showmaker and Canyon switch roles. Well, and he like, also needed a break, I think was my understanding. Yeah. Yeah. But even so, switching roles just to have him take a break. And then the team did fine. They were still positive. They were well. Terrestrial. They Canyon's were like, lane phase in mid was actually not bad. He yeah. was, <laughs> they were like seven and three with, with them I mean, swapped roles. Can, and I was like, oh my good. My my ego, I don't know if I could take that. But Ghost comes back and the break is actually really good for him. He's he's looking extremely strong. Mm. Uh, he's even carried a couple games for them. So He has had ups and downs, though, right? Against Rogue, he almost like lost in the game. So that's I mean, still their weak Hans, point, right? Yeah, Hans, yeah. <laughs> Hans Diff, best AD in the group. But Damon's obvious weak point is both lane. And just talking about that, that's role swap thing. It's funny to me because I look at owner's solo queue account. The last 20 games he's played at 1,000 LP. What is it? Mid lane, LeBlanc, Rise, Azir, Owner's playing mid, Canyon's playing Aatrox, Jace every game. Like, feels like the Korean junglers just want to play solo lanes when they get bored. This is a super tangent, but I've always thought that as such a good bonus for a lot of the players that play super high rated on on KR ladder. A lot of them play multiple roles and, and play Phil. Yeah. It gives them just such a, a wider and better concept mm. of the game, much like Cajal himself. Mm. <laughs> That's why, roles. how you got such a big brain, multiple <laughs> roles, yeah. I, I think it's true, man, Like especially for junglers. If you play some of the lanes, you have a much better understanding of the matchups and like how, how you can punish those matchups, yeah. what feels frustrating as a laner when a jungler does it to you, yeah. you know, good timings for ganks when people are really vulnerable like that stuff i think can actually be really no, valuable. number one thing i learned from being a mid laner when i rolls up the jungler is azir like obviously there's loads of things i learned about lane phases but the one that triggered me the most was when i play azir mid into like rice and i'm I'm level three and I get ganked and I have yeah. to use W E Q away and I'm lost You're 70% um. of my mana. Um. And I'm like, I'm full HP, but now I'm out of mana. So now I can't push and I can't TB back because then I'm going to lose the yeah. lane. So I'm just sitting there like, oh. so every time I pick Jarvan and the enemy team at Azir, I would always just run mid, EQ, laugh, and then run away. And I would knew that mid was one. Yeah. It, get, it gets rid of the part of your brain that it, all junglers are born with that says, just come to crab now. <laughs> <laughs> just just push, man. Who cares? Why are you? <laughs> You're Maokaina Darius. Why aren't you pushing here? Just push. <laughs> you got prior in this lane. Yes, loses prior. You said you got prior, man. That's why I died on crap, man. You told me you had to push. So, okay, Joel, okay, if, okay. if matter to win, how do they do it? Three keys to success. Yeah, three keys, three to, keys success. to success for Matt. Uh, stabilize top, uh, number one. Maybe find some uh, engaged support bots and don't actually prioritize Yumi as much. Maybe even giving down one Yumi could be a good exposure point and pick like Rel Leona and just drop the lane. Um, that could be one thing. I think they have to play it risky if they want to win, like giving over things. Uh, maybe picking. Uh, like choosing blue side as much as humanly possible to first pick TF or some kind of roaming mid like Rise for humanoid um, because he was playing Azir into Gen G and I feel like Mad Lions were trying to target Gen G more than trying to mm. assist themselves in a way right in that mm-hmm. game he picked Azir and then humanoid can't roam around the map so now Yoya may be a little bit lost I mean humanoid is a great Azir player don't get me wrong it's just the way the team functions um, how do I see this series panning out I think it's gonna be 3-0 for Damon 
my heart tells me that this could go to five games. The only way Mad wins this series, I think, is 3-2. Uh, the, the reverse sweep as well. Reverse sweep, whatever it may be, it's just going to be 3-2, I think. And they have to adapt in best of fives because that's what Mad Lions' strength is. I think that when you look at T1 and, and Korean teams in general, creativity is a little bit lackluster in yeah. best of five transitions, right? From uh, early game plays, jungle pathings, and just champ priority. I think Mad Lions or the team will just throw a spanner in the works and just play something crazy uh, to catch you off guard. Um they, they were the creators of Senna Wukong, right? So they were the they were a very innov innov innovative team. Uh, so if they can come up with something random, like Malphite Games or something like this, then they might be able to catch that one off guard. I think the hardest puzzle for me to solve is the top lane, because when you earlier brought up the point about, oh man, yeah, and Khan's Chample is so good into Armut. Actually, is there any top laner that has a more restricted Chample than Armut? I, I feel like he is the most restricted Chample. The problem Armut has... It was like he had like the Jace Wukong Nar. Adam, uh, I guess, Narmut. to be fair. Um, Adam's yeah. uh, okay, He has his yeah. pocket picks. He had, he had this like trifecta of champs. And then in playoffs, he started playing GP and everyone was like, oh, wow, we can he can play other champs, right? He had a great mm. GP game. He lost, but he was doing really well. And then GP got changed and everyone was like, oh, well, Ooh. there goes that champ that you just practiced. Now Kennen's meta and now he has to practice Kennen, yeah. right? Uh, and we never really saw his Camille. Um, we saw his Irelia was quite like Luster. We haven't really seen his Fiora. He's been playing these things in solo queue, but he hasn't been able to transition them to stage. So from inside context of watching his games a lot during Worlds, he's playing them in solo queue, but I don't think he has the confidence to bring them out on stage yet because he doesn't know if it'll work. Yeah, that's that, that to me is uh, the, the, the biggest hangup, but he could surprise everybody. You, you can get the surprise factor that way if they yeah. all expect it one yeah, way yeah. and you've actually got the practice down. Just bust out like Shen top and something like <laughs> this. Shen, Shen, I feel like, is actually a pretty good top lane right now. In I'm the I think it could work maybe. Yeah. Uh, there's a, there's a lot of matchups that Shen's actually pretty solid into that no one is playing it. I, I was going to say, like, I would be totally happy to see him him play some Malphite and things like that. I actually think, you yes, you there is a risk of, of like, the wave getting sacked and you getting dove early. You have to protect against that because Malphite can't contest the wave at all in, you know, like, level one against Jace or whatever. Mm. Um, but, you know, if, if you get through the early game against champions like Jace and Lucian and, and Graves and these types of champs, there are like so many comps these days at, at Worlds that are being drafted with incredibly low amounts of AP or it's only like one burst AP, right? It's like a Zoe or a TF or whatever mid and that's the only AP damage. And Mythics have enough MR where you just stack health and armor after that and you're not really going to die to that person. You can still have a tremendous amount of value for the team fight without necessarily um, having to having to like compete in the lane. Yeah, the last thing I'll say is just Mad Lions are a very momentum-esque team. Yeah. Uh, it's very common for them to lose first games of best of fives, right? Playoffs was a bit of an exception this time around, but throughout the last few years, losing game one is whatever, they kind of laugh it off. And I think having that comfort of not losing the game when you're out is really big for them. Uh, adaptation will be huge. Um, maybe pulling out some crazy champions. You have two options, right? Do we pull out something like defensive, like Malphite for team fight, which has been our strength? Or do we actually try to just go into game one and match their lane phase, play Jace into Graves and see what happens? If we get smashed, uh, we'll swap it up. You know, they probably have those kind of ideas going into it. Yeah. Uh, having the mentality and always being able to rely on, oh yeah, we're mad lions. Don't worry, we could just win a team fight still. We're, <laughs> Dragon stacking. Is we're still in it, baby. That's good. It's, it's going to be an exciting one. Dude, uh, I'm, I'm casting this hyped. one and I'm like, oh, it's probably not one thing. You're either getting a 3 0 and you're home in 60 minutes or it's a 3 2 for mad and it's I've like the hypest best of five ever. I've gotten to cast so many good EU quarters, like so many G2 quarters and stuff. Did over they the always years. win? Pretty much, yeah. You're I, the man for the job. I feel like I feel like uh, <laughs> like I've had I cast the the Misfits SKT Misfits series back in the day. I cast uh, G2 RNG. I've cast a lot of the the really good That's runs over the years. Oh so, my god! So I've SKT been Misfits. I've been uh, really lucky to get to cast some fantastic European quarters. And I hope this one's going to be a banger. I think that's going to do it. How does Drake Dominic close us out? 
I can't remember on you. I've done like 25 Euphorias what? with him. He was just closing I was just it. Oh, you were it. just doing it? Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, no, let you do it. No, sorry to interrupt you. I thought there was something we had to say, like, check well, out this, you know. I don't know. I don't know. Check, I don't check out the casts. Me and Kobe are on C9NG. Yeah. Azale's with Medivedi. Yep. On um, Damon's Damon no, Lines. Exactly, yeah. And then I'm on the desk, I think, and you're on the Semifinals desk. Semifinals well, will be back on Friday. So I am going to be really excited to see that. Yeah. And uh, it starts, I believe, uh, 2 p.m. This time, I don't know what exactly the time is in Berlin. <laughs> yeah. So it's 2 p.m. And in check Berlin out the socials, time. all of the socials. Yep. Cajual. Uh, Esports, Esports Kobe. Kobe. Yeah, you've got yeah. that name. Azale and official. Azale official. There yeah, it is. There you go. Well, thank you. Good job, Captain. Flawless. And now, what was it you said? Beam me up, Scotty, or something? Yeah. I'm yeah, out of yeah, here. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect <laughs> <out> outro. <laughs>